0: It's still a massive issue that we feel the necessity is either leaders or even as contributors to silo ourselves from others. And I cannot figure out why, like why we think we're going to get work done well by building up walls around us. Mm -hmm. blocking other people from the information and context, not communicating well and expecting we're going to get better results because I guess we're not distracted in an effort to remove distractions. Maybe we've created even stronger silos. Hey, Dan.
1: Hey, George. What
0: are we going to talk about today? I don't know about you. We're going on—is it two two years plus? Mm-hmm. March March twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Either remote or hybrid work. Yeah, it's a real it's a real thing, right? Right. I, I'm still working. I don't know a couple days at least from home. Most of our team mm-hmm. is working most days from home, and we're mm-hmm. getting things done. But um, but one of the challenges that I've noticed across teams. And honestly, as I'm talking to a bunch of other people, a lot of other leaders right now, is that people feel isolated. Mm-hmm. They feel yeah siloed. They feel like they don't have access to to what's going on or why things are going on. And this comes back to a theme that you and I have talked about probably a couple times already, but I feel like it's it's one that we need to to hammer home again. Mm-hmm. And that is this this pandemic, epidemic, this, I think it's-
1: local, going uh, (laughs) hyper-local there, all right.
0: I think it's, I think there's this, it's still a massive issue that we feel the necessity is either leaders or even as contributors to silo ourselves from others. Mm Mm-hmm. And I cannot figure out why.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like why we think we're going to get work done well by building up walls around us, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: blocking other people from the information and context, you know, not communicating well and expecting we're going to get better results because I guess we're not distracted. Yeah. in In an effort to remove distractions, maybe we've created even stronger silos and I, and I just I want to I want to bring this topic back up with you because mm-hmm. I think I think we haven't we the royal we the 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 business world as a whole has not figured out yet how to destroy silos.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I think I mean this problem was here even before, you know, the pandemic of you know and there's probably a lot of different reasons one could be personality you know for some individuals you know once their head is down and they're working hard they can probably work hard for two or three hours before you know lifting their head to check messages or to communicate progress or whatnot and that's just the personality i mean that's yeah. just the yeah. way someone might be wired of working and so they have to probably my guess is proactively intentionally um, communicate more often as to work in progress you know status updates that you know, uh, collaboration and so forth. And then for, you know, a myriad of other reasons that we've talked about from a leadership standpoint, it can be an easy way to maintain control, you know, yeah. leading through control, leading through, um, fear, or just, you know, there's something to maintaining that level of information that others don't, um, mm-hmm. that can be, you know, uh, that needs to be addressed from a leadership standpoint. And then when you throw remote on top of that, or, you know, whether it's forced or now, Uh, policy or this is the way, um, you know, from a culture standpoint, really the whole world is going to work, Um, that just creates additional obstacles to work through, um, additional layers of communication, additional, you know, norms to be Mm -hmm. set because things, some, it used to be things felt, uh, you could tell when something fell through the cracks. Now it, not only that, but it feels like it all the time. You know, I think there's that constant feeling in the back of your mind of like, it just feels like something slipping through the cracks because I'm working at home the majority of the time. And so, yeah, this problem is, has been renewed to a certain extent. And I think it's one that has to be brought up from time to time because I mean, we know this where we work is that the intentionality that goes into constantly over communicating simply Mm -hmm. to make sure that nothing falls through the cracks. Right. And it's a hard rhythm. It's a hard discipline to get in. But uh, again, like you said, I think this is going to have to be a topic that's reflected on and discussed uh, periodically because it's becoming that much hard, that that much more difficult.
0: Well, and in the context, we've talked about this before. So if we if we level set for if you this is the first time you're listening to their podcast, we we one of our big our kind of big theme of people product is that we believe the best products are built by the most effective and collaborative teams, Mm -hmm. right? Creative, curious, uh, hardworking, resilient folks. And that, that requires a level of both trust that you, you have to trust that people are getting the work done. Mm -hmm. So I get that there is time for deep work. There's time for, writing the code and designing the screens and, and whatnot. And I know that it's, like you said, it's a personality thing as well. And I know that the the world has said that meetings destroy, I don't know, uh, progress or mm-hmm. enjoyment of work or whatever. And what I'm not suggesting is that there's more meetings per se, but not that meetings inherently are bad, but that there is there is processes and ceremonies and, and tools and um, resources to help break down any reason why information is not being shared generously.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. um, what we see is when, when information starts to be hoarded or protected, then what ends up happening is people will still make decisions, mm-hmm. right? They're still going to do something to fill the hours, to fill the workday. And sometimes they end up going, you know, off in a very, very wrong direction or they start creating inaccurate narratives of what they think is going on or, or they do something that's really harmful um, and nobody knows about it, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So there's all these risks to, to having people being siloed. And like you said, in 2022 and beyond, there is, there's now this just like natural barrier, which is, Hey, I hope your bedroom's cozy, you know, right. nobody will, nobody will know whether or not the decisions you're making are going to affect anybody else until maybe it's too late.
1: Right. Yeah. And, um, you mentioned level set, you know, when we talk about silo for those that may not, that's really, the, that's a classic IT term for any system process. Um, we're talking about it in context of teams and people, but yeah. it's a system or process that's isolated and really independent from, um, any other system that, is, um, within, you know, that broader ecosystem or organization. And so, I mean, if you think of, you know, back in grade school, or even when you were in education, there was group work and then there was individual work, neither one, you know, bad. Um, but depending on the situation and depending on the type of project, you know, you always got on those groups where it's just like, oh, this is group work time. And then there was always someone that either took control or everyone looked to and like, so you're going to do that, right? And so it kind of just <laughs> broke down. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas, um, you know, as we th- start thinking about organizations and teams, um, there are um, silos cause a hindrance and mm-hmm. they prevent progress and they prevent teams from doing the best work that they can do.
0: Yeah. And, and I think to add that, then people lose a lack of clarity. They just don't, they don't know, um, they don't understand why. <laughs> You know, they don't understand mm-hmm. what, what's going on. And, and, and you go back to Simon Sinek's, like, start with why. If people don't understand the purpose, then they're not going to be effective at creating the right solutions or solving the right problems or asking the right questions. Right. And and everyone will create a purpose, will create a why in our brains, um, even if it's not actually the the real one or the right one. Right. Right. Um, And then then inevitably that leads to to longer timelines and, um, you know, and budgets get extended and and then we're into, oh, well, why, why didn't we hit the outcome? Why didn't we hit the result that we were trying to achieve? Mm -hmm. So,
1: yeah. And so, um, there are, um, there's probably a lot, like a myriad of hindrances when it comes to, um, individuals being isolated or working, um, in a siloed fashion, but, Um, one in particular that comes to mind from a a communication standpoint. Mm -hmm. And so we've talked about this a lot is, um, when you're in the office or just when you're in general proximity, and again, there has to be boundaries within this, but there is that idea that, uh, something comes to mind and there needs to be some level of, you know, impromptu or, um, timely collaboration. And so there's that, the ability to go over and knock on someone's desk. Right. And, um, say, Hey, I wanted to run this by you. I wanted to, uh, you came to mind. I wanted to discuss this with you and you're able to solve something and create a way forward within a matter of minutes. Um, and because that person really is in, within your site, it's easier to be able to do that. And you can mm-hmm. also see, are they in deep work right now? Are they available? Yeah. Am I going to uh, bug it, them? It appears, yeah. It appears they're available when you are working remote or you're isolated if someone's out of sight, sight, out of mind, it can become an actual, a mental block can become a physical block to where it's too difficult or seems too difficult to, um, you know, send a message and say, Hey, can we get on a zoom call? That just seems like, it almost seems like, Oh, wow, look at all this barrier just to communicate with someone. Yeah, we well, add yeah, just and added so, three
0: steps to what used to be one really.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It becomes a longer process. And so the default can become, well, I'm just not going to bug them. I'm not going to waste that time. I'm just going to continue to move Forward, and the other thing with communication, you know, there's the sender, the receiver, and in the middle there's noise. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, I find it's so paradoxical that you know when you're, you know, I've created even at my home office a place that I feel good about working here. It's kind of like you know I've got my my books, I've got my own style here. I, I can get a lot done, um, and it's also for the most part kind of quiet. And you right. think, oh, quiet, I can get work done, which is true. But depending on the type of work you're doing, it actually, that quiet creates more noise because oh, the sender and yeah. receiver, you know, it's that quiet, it's either a, a perv- I'm processing it out loud. It creates that barrier almost and creates just more sound waves, which again, sounds counterintuitive, but it, there's just that extra layer and it almost not only creates more noise, but it extends the length of the, the distance between uh, the sender and the receiver and yeah, just communication becomes harder. And we've even had to say it to our individuals, our teams of it's going to feel awkward, but we have to intentionally over communicate. Even when you think that someone knows it, it's like, we can't assume anymore. We just right. can't.
0: Right. It's not we a, not a luxury. That we have someone knows more. that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, you know, the, the, the websites or the apps or even like, I think there's probably Spotify channels that are, or that are, um, Like the sound of a coffee shop, it's just the sound of people talking in the background or like a lot of noise. And there might be like a chill hop vibe thing over top of it or whatever. But for me, when I'm sitting in isolation and silo, I start to spin. And what I mean by that is not like vertigo, but kind of in the sense that my brain in that silence starts just kind of processing and all these things. There are times when that is good like mm-hmm. there's times where i need to give myself space to process that that's honestly why i, I love taking long walks and mm-hmm. and getting out and processing on something there are times when like you said that's actually just noise and clutter and distraction for if we were in the office and we were chatting about something and i overheard something it might inspire me to think about something and then we take action just purely because of the proximity of because of the, that there, there was literally no walls now. Right. It's so funny. It's so funny. The juxtaposition that we've, we've had from this flip from the massive complaint of the open office, like that, it was the right. worst thing that, you know, businesses ever created to now, like almost the exact opposite, which is, you know, basically everybody has a private office, you know, everybody has a corner office in their homes. Um, and it's, it's fascinating to see how that, that is completely flipped over. And I know that this is kind of like, again beating a drum of, of the, the COVID era, but what I'm, we're trying to cast a vision for is like, what's, what's going to happen going forward. You and I were at an event recently and we were talking to a bunch of other chief product officers and heads of product. And one of the common themes that came up was this. I know that we need to collaborate. I know that we need to be creative together. I know that we need, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but it's just not as natural as it used to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to ask everybody to come back because that's what the the world has told me that, that that wouldn't work. But yet I don't know how, I don't know how to replicate the velocity that we used to have produced by proximity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So instead what I do is i am just like, I kind of, we, they, you step back into micromanaging. Mm-hmm. And then micromanaging says as long as we have control, we're safe. And right. when you have control, you want to contain that control. And so you put them into buckets. Yeah. And then in those buckets become silos,
1: right? Yeah, it's interesting because I put myself back into our office. So now, you know, I might be thinking about something, you might be thinking about the same thing. And then another person might be thinking about it. And then we all start different conversations with different people to start processing. Yeah. And we don't know that, that that's happening in the office. You could be you know, thinking about something, maybe you're, you know, you're at a whiteboard and then you hear someone say the same thing. It's like, Oh, I'm thinking about the same thing. Let's jam on that together. And you can do it almost immediately. Yeah. Um, now it may take significantly longer to get in the quote unquote, same room Mm -hmm. to have that similar conversation simply because you're not, you're not hearing. And that's not saying like, you you know, you're eavesdropping or keeping tabs on people. You just happen to hear conversations right. and then you're able to say, Oh, okay. Let, they're thinking about the same thing. Let's, let's all work on that together and yep. you can make a decision quickly or, or you can extend that conversation to another individual. And so it's almost like you're having to pay attention to new cues. you almost have to pay attention to like, if you're working on something like, huh, I wonder who else might be thinking about that.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm pretty
1: sure this person might be, mm-hmm. but then you have to then take that awkward over the barrier, reach out to them, say, Hey, I want to process with you. Knowing you're in this area, I think this might be something you're processing as well. And again, it's just extra steps to I get know. to the same thing. Um, it yeah, it's new routines, it's paying attention to new triggers almost.
0: So let's let let's maybe break this down a little bit further because I, I think that we've even are identified as we've been talking here a little bit that there are there are different levels of siloing. Mm-hmm. So some of what you and I are talking about is just the isolation and the siloing or the walls that are created by being hybrid, by being remote. So that yep. that in and of itself is just like a a functional silo.
1: It's an environmental. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Environmental. That's good. And then there's there's another there's another layer where it is, um, I think that that leaders silo themselves from their teams. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think this is more maybe a cultural or a, um, interpersonal dynamic mm-hmm. about how people communicate, how you set purpose, how you work with people. And, and sometimes that is, I'm going to give myself space from you because I don't want you to think I'm micromanaging you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's going to be, I'm going to give you space because honestly, I don't trust you to do the work. So I'm just going to do it myself over here, even while you're probably doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I've been right. in both of those situations. Um, so that's the kind of leader to team. And then you, I think you have you have in organizations, you have silos between teams. So that might oh, be yeah. between departments, that might be between uh, functional units. like we see often, product is siloed from sales and marketing. Mm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Or we see often, really, if you don't have cross-functional teams, that design is siloed from development. Right. Okay. Let designers do what they do. They got the creative zones and they're gonna go create <laughs> the things. They might test it with some users. Once they figure it out, they'll pass. they'll throw it over a wall. Please don't please don't talk to the devs. Don't talk don't, don't talk to them. They 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 need to focus. They've got lots of code to write. They've got lots of bugs to smash. And so like it's send them the requirements. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, that's amplified by a globalization of development and resources in lots of different places. So I think you have these different levels of siloing. Mm -hmm. Um, The natural one to go to is just like, hey, you and I used to just jam on stuff on a whiteboard because it was close by. Mm -hmm. Um, Then the more layers that you add to this is that we wonder why it feels like sometimes organizations are becoming stagnant
1: Mm
0: -hmm. or that maybe we're falling behind or that the world is moving past us too fast. And it's like, well, how, how can we possibly go that fast when we're we're asking things to be thrown, thrown across walls again? Pro- proverbial or real walls, you know. Right. Um, and I think that's that's hard because that leads to, and my the biggest issue that leads to in my mind is a massive misalignment. Mm-hmm. You I mean you hinted at it already. It might be that we're you you're thinking about the same thing I'm thinking about. We're approaching it in two different ways, and rather than, than us getting naturally just aligned quickly to solve that problem together with like double the brain power, right? We spend on doing things in isolation,
1: right? Yeah, and the further or the more I guess misalignment you have, and you kind of hinted at this, it, it can make it can stunt and stagnate the growth of the organization but it can also stagnate the growth of the individual yeah you know when we're not aligned there's something about being um with your teammates with another individual as you are becoming aligned in the direction there is a there's a, a, a just a faster line to um Growing in your own role because now you have a better understanding as to how my role contributes and makes an impact on Mm -hmm. the aligned direction of the team or the organization. Because I know that, you know, years past, you know, um, even in previous organizations um, or just other teams, volunteer teams, whatever, if you're not clear on where the company is going, even though someone may not say it, you can see it in the organization. You can just Mm -hmm. feel it. You can see just almost like this massive halt on growth anywhere, whether it's team objectives or individual objectives. It's just really hard to make growth in your own individual role. If you're not sure what it's going to lead to, it's like, why, how am I to know how I'm to grow if I don't even know where the organization's going? Am I growing in the wrong thing? yeah is this the direct, you know am i building a skill set or proclivity or a tendency in something that's not going to matter in the next 2 years and so that distance or that misalignment can create almost a universal halt both on team growth but also individual growth
0: oh man we've seen that i think we've seen it inside of crema but we've also seen it in the companies we've worked with that, that mm-hmm. it's it's like you said it's it's so it's just so clearly obvious but when you're in the cycle you you can't it feels like you can't get out of it right uh, I was talking to a company recently that honestly is doing incredible work. Their, their product is taking off and they're, they've grown their leadership team and they have all the right people, really experienced, smart, creative folks. And, you know, their big question was like, we just feel like we could, we have the capability to get so much more done. Like we mm-hmm. have the, we had the right team size. We have, we're even structured the right way. We have our, you know, our agile processes locked in and, and we got to this point of like saying, well, why why aren't we getting more done? Why isn't our velocity higher? Why isn't our our results? Why aren't we hitting our milestones faster? Why aren't we, you know, fixing more bugs and building more features and serving more customers at you know, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? The the common product challenges. And what we got back to was, well, who's who's making decisions? Oh. Well, it, it's us. It's leaders. Okay, all right, that's fine. Does everybody know why you're making the decisions? Well, no, I mean they don't need to know why, they just need to get the work done. Okay. Wall number one. <laughs> right. Right, right. Uh, and then second is well, why why wouldn't you tell them that? Long conversation led to a final statement of I don't trust them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I just don't trust them. I don't think that they're adept or or ready for all the context. I I I'm gonna bear that. I'm gonna I'm gonna own that. I'm gonna make those decisions. And then they they just need to get the work done.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Again, wall number two, like it's a, a wall of trust, is is put up between this in this case the leaders and the team, and they wonder why people aren't getting more done fast. You know, they're waiting on orders. Mm-hmm. The the leadership has a bottleneck of I don't have enough time to tell you all the things that I need you to do. Why can't you just figure it out? but I don't want Mm -hmm. to give you all the context because I don't really trust you with all that context. You know, like, and we, we create these walls because, because we don't, we're afraid of what might happen with this, this information. Right. And, and, and really they, they recognized it. They knew it. They were like, yeah, this is, this is a truth, but how do we break that cycle? I, I think we came back to saying, Hey, at certain point you're going to have to step up and go, I'm going to trust you with context that you may make decisions that aren't mm-hmm. the decisions I would make, would have made. And we'll we'll deal with that when we get there. But I'm gonna I'm gonna have to be comfortable allowing that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you could tell it was like I don't know if I'm ready for that, you know?
1: Right. So how does an organization then, George how 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 do they go about? And you said it. Um, you hinted at the question. How do they break that cycle? You know yeah. what? What are good ways? What are good and maybe you don't have to have the right process or the same process as someone else. But what are some things that uh, a company or a team should consider in order to reduce the number or hopefully eliminate that siloed work? That siloed work that is defined by again breakdowns in communication, lack of clarity, you know, slower than you know wanted speed. Um, yeah. What What are those those ways that you know a company could do that?
0: Yeah. I think, I think one of the, the first things that comes to mind is one is being willing to slow down for a second, because I know that. And then that people are like, ah, yeah, there you go. You're going to tell me to slow down. Well, what I want is that for us to go faster,
1: mm-hmm.
0: being willing to slow down for a second and, and gather a sense of the the situation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So take inventory of how, how bad is it or or even maybe how good is it and we're we're making an issue out of something that isn't an issue like how do you take inventory of the way your teams are structured how mm-hmm. do you take inventory of uh, you know how do people really feel in their position and how are they they flourishing and and what what do they know and not know mm-hmm. a good example is every once in a while and i hate this because i'm actually terrible at it i'll i'll be in a conversation with certain people in our organization that I have been at Crema for a long time, and you and I beat the, our values drum, we beat our our purpose statement, I feel like super loud. Hmm. And we'll, we'll be in a, a spot and I'll go, okay, all right, well, somebody tell me what our purpose statement is. <laughs> it's the worst when the boss asks you to tell what the purpose statement is, right? But my point in that is not like get the words perfectly right. You know, it, my point is, do you understand why we're doing this? Have mm-hmm. I com- clearly communicated it the thousandth time,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: Because it does sometimes take communicating it a thousand times. So taking inventory every once in a while to get a sense of where are we really? Do we need to go back to the basics? Right. Okay. So how do we take him? And then, then really, I guess, you know, going to what the kind of the, the corporate term is kind of the gap analysis. Mm. Where should we be?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. We, we had, we did a workshop recently and and we were talking to folks and we said, okay, tell me what you're spending your time doing now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, what do you think you should be spending your time on and what's keeping you from working that way? Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes it's just, just a, a, a giving yourself permission and space to, to pause for a second and take that inventory. I mean, you and I will call each other out on that all the time. I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Dan, why are you doing that right now? Right. Is that really what you need to be spending your time on? Like, let's just hold on for just a second. I'm, I'm sure you're getting a lot, you know, accomplished there, but didn't we have vital few? Didn't we have like these big rocks that we were going to work on this year? You know, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and and then you doing the same to me, George, dude, run around with your, like a chicken with her head cut off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, (laughs) You look busy, but what are we actually getting done here? And so, mm-hmm. taking that inventory, gathering up that those insights first, and I think that that does require some conversations. It, it maybe requires surveying your team. Maybe it requires br- bringing a third party group, Say, right. "Hey, look, look at us. To point out, point out some things about us that we maybe can't see for ourselves." Mm-hmm. I, I would say that that is number one because you can't make any decisions about what to do unless you know what what's in play.
1: Right. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that that leads into gathering is you mentioned gap analysis and that can in- include gap analysis around, uh, you know, Jim Collins is famous and we say it all the time, probably ad nauseum is around getting people on the right bus, uh, yep. getting the right people on the bus and then putting them in the right seat. And so, uh, we think about replacing ourselves often, um, at crema, both from a leadership standpoint, of bringing individuals in that are better than we are, that can do um, what we have been doing better, um, getting out of their way. And that in itself is a good thing, Um, especially as you continue to bring the right people on. But um, secondly to that is it brings in a different perspective because not only are you bringing them in because they're, they're able to do what you were doing. But they're bringing in a whole different perspective on how to do that. And so, you know, if silos create this, you know, a lack of clarity or a breakdown of communication or just kind of like this is how we've always done it. Uh And so individuals are just going to continue to do uh, the way we have done it before. That can lead to siloed work as well, uh, because there's not really that inspiration or that excitement to go collaborate on Mm. something new or something innovative, because really they're just focused on doing, you know, hey, this is the way we've always done it. It's not broke. So I'm going to do it this way. But part of replacing yourself is not so, hey, I want you to do what I did. Hey, Mm. here's the result. But I need a new perspective. Our company needs your new perspective. So bringing individuals um, to bring in their outside experience, expertise they have, or even they have different strengths or different ways about going about getting the same result done brings just, f- it's fresh. That's the word that comes to mind. It's, it's fresh. Oh, yeah. It's new. It brings life. Um, and it also causes you to go, oh, wow, I never thought of doing it that way before. And honestly, that spurs on new ideas. But that can be Um, frustrating too. It can be.
0: Because, I mean, as leaders, as innovators, as whatever we want to call ourselves sometimes, you feel like, I should have seen that. Dang it. Like, that's a little bit of an attack on, not intentionally, but it's an attack on like, you know when you don't want someone to point out your bad form? Mm Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about lifting earlier. It's like, Mm -hmm. dude, just let me lift the weight. I don't just, you don't, you don't have to tell me that I wasn't, you know, that I didn't have the right form, even though Mm -hmm. form is so important, you know, Mm -hmm. um, when you're like, I'm, I'm strong enough. I don't, it doesn't matter. You know?
1: Right. Um, Who do you think you are? Why are you talking about that?
0: (laughs) Exactly. But I think we do that when someone can point, comes in and points out and says, why do you, why are you doing it that way?
1: Why, why this More often than not, when they turn their back and walk away, you're like, all right, I guess I'm going to give that a try. Oh, wait, it is better. I know.
0: (laughs) Wow, that's funny. I didn't hurt as bad the next day.
1: Uh-huh, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And that's, I mean, you, you've you done a little bit of work on this because <clears throat> some of the things that we have to be aware of is where are our strength and, strengths and our personal weaknesses or in mm-hmm. our um, our proclivities towards certain aspects of the, getting work done. Um, maybe you right. could talk a little bit, because I, I just, you know, thinking about this, this is, you've been doing some work with um, GCI or the GC Index hmm um talk talk a little bit about how how that's led to maybe us learning a bit about in in gc index or others i mean there, mm-hmm. there's strength finders there's uh oh gosh what's the one that you it's like enf uh, whatever the oh uh myers-briggs you know, myers-briggs <laughs> you know like there, there's those yeah. personality profiles and then there's there's there is uh work strengths and then of course we're using this one as well and we've done others when where what have you learned in the process of doing research and mm-hmm. understanding cuz this is an area you've been investing in heavily with helping leaders and even our leaders and others outside of crema to think about where is their strength and where does it get balanced with the folks around them mm-hmm. about the work that the work that it takes to do this crazy mm-hmm. thing especially in this product world when where we have to move fast together
1: right yeah. the So yeah, it's the game changer index and it's like, so once you get people to the table and they understand and they truly are bought in that yes, collaboration is great and we want to collaborate. The game changer index is the next step of how can we make that collaboration impactful? Mm. Because you could come to the table and each person has a different skill set. So you have a designer and developer, test engineer, product manager, all these individual or uh, different skills, you're going to collaborate probably pretty well. But the other part of impact, it's part skill set, but then part you know what, m- what might be called proclivity or natural tendency that you're going to see your skill set through a particular lens. Um, whether that's through the lens of transformation and future possibilities, or strategy and a vision for the future, it could be you see your work completely through the lens of of people. And you just want to orchestrate people, and you know, um, bring the right people together to get something done well. It could be through the lens of just get it done. Like, I'm here to get it done. What's the strategy? Get out of my way. If you want to get there, I will get you there. Let's stop dinking around
0: and get it done. <laughs> That's right.
1: That's right. Um, or you're, you might do your work through, um, and these are the five proclivities within that of what they call a polisher, uh, the individuals that want to make the end product brilliant, uh, a future to be proud of. And so there's this great slide. Uh, that I have and it's, um, it's two individuals that are collaborating and they're on a bike. They're on a tandem bike, but the wheels are are square and they're sweating and they're just saying, oh, we got this. We're collaborating well. And then you have another person standing in the distance with a, a circle wheel, an actual wheel that says, have you thought about this? (laughs) And so I love it. It's funny, it's humorous, but it also kind of gives you a lens into probably a lot of people's day-to-day work of they're collaborating well, but they're not moving as well as they could because there's someone who sees the world differently. They see the world through a round wheel that is saying, oh, I see what you're getting there. I can help. Have you tried this? And so when we think about someone's desire to make an impact on their work, everyone comes to work with a desire to make an impact. Like you would be hard to find someone who who doesn't have a desire to make an impact on their work. I would right. say the majority of people, it's like, hey, what do you want to accomplish? They can we've probably- met We've met yeah. a few, we've met a few, but not many. Most people, when they go to work, they're just like, yeah. I really do want to make a difference. I want to yeah. make an impact. Yeah. And so part of the Game Changer Index, um, which can it can really be a great tool to help break down silos completely is not only do I bring this skill set, and these other individuals are bringing different skill sets. I know how I see the world of work mm-hmm. and the way how I want to make a contribution, but I also know what they how they want to make a contribution. And so, you again, for George and I, um, we have different proclivities. When we come to the table, we're going to see that work in a different way. And knowing that makes collaboration that much more impactful. And so again, as we've been exploring that tool and using it, it's been a great, I would say it's in a, it's been an add-on. It's mm-hmm. been a plus one to mm-hmm. how can we make that collaboration even more impactful? Um, it's super fun to go through. It's been great to investigate. And um, yeah, it's, it's given um, our team um, a lot of like, oh, interesting. Okay. Um, one, because they understand themselves more. Um, but they also understand their coworkers more.
0: Well, and I think if we go back to that silo problem in many ways, it gives us the opportunity to break down walls between each other.
1: Oh yeah. Right. Because then we can
0: see, oh, that's right. Tuck is like brilliant at this. Mm -hmm. I, why, why don't we bring him in for that, that perspective on a more regular basis? Like that's a, Mm -hmm. that's a place to invite in his, his strengths in that area and then challenge maybe his weaknesses in other areas. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I think boy, my my really low one was uh, implementer. Is that right?
1: Mm. I think your lowest was polisher.
0: Polisher, yeah. yeah. I'm all about getting things started, right? <laughs> and uh, right. I mean, for let's be honest, like for how long, and still all over the internet, my handle and stuff was concepts guy.
1: Mm-hmm. It was
0: not, you know make fine something, tune guy yeah fine tune guy <laughs> there are people that love to to polish things to a mirror finish and i remember in college one of my professors in my my graphic design program he w- he, he would always be like man george your ideas are some of the best in the classes that anybody of anybody i've had like
1: mm-hmm.
0: and in about 60% of the way through blown away that last 40%. <laughs> it's just like you're you just look at can you see the edges? Can you see how it's not you didn't clean up this space here, you know? And what I've had to learn is I have to bring in polishers around me mm-hmm. to support me in going, "Hey, I'll bring ideas to the table. I'm going to bring creativity to the table. We're going to get well, I'm going to be the the one that's willing to get my hands messy." But once we start to you know, put that ceramics into the, the, the kiln and fire it and finish it. I'm going to need somebody that's really good at that because Mm, it's, I mean, mm -hmm. I think that's where you and I have balanced each other. You're Mm -hmm. far better at that than I am. Mm. And, and then I balance because I I'll dream Mm -hmm. in a different way than you, than Mm -hmm. you. And so I think it's understanding that. And it does break down walls when you can admit it Mm -hmm. and embrace it and look for it Um, which I think has been a really powerful thing between our leadership, Mm -hmm. between people on teams with each other. Right. Or I think also, as you start to kind of then go vertical with it is understanding how does this play out between, oh yeah, you're Mm -hmm. the management of that team or the director of that team. Mm -hmm. Um, the way that they're interacting with their team, oh, now I know why they're butting heads, you know, like now I know why they're isolating themselves because they don't want to communicate about something
1: right so yeah that's that assessment
0: it, that we talked about kind of when it was, it was we're thinking about gathering up or understanding the gaps mm-hmm. i think that's a really important one
1: yeah um, uh yeah and it's it's a it's a new tool we're using um not even i mean not uh everyone on our team has taken it yet yep, um no, no. and so yeah but it's uh it's been a great eye-opener and i think maybe one takeaway for me by just talking this out is that it is a great way to take personal responsibility to break down the walls of silos because when you're working on it, you now have understanding like, okay, I've gotten this to a point I need to bring someone else in. And so there's personal responsibility to go collaborate with someone else because you understand like I can only get so far or in this type of a project, I'm only good at this phase. Mm -hmm. I'm probably not going to produce much in this phase or this phase, but this phase I should be brought in. And so, personal responsibility to go get others,
0: and you get the sense of how a, how a team like there there is a bit of a a view of what, how that team looks like as a whole, right? Because mm-hmm. you might have, I would say, you know, for a long time, Crema, we really position ourselves as like, we're that company that's going to come in and take your new idea, and I still I still think this is very true. We're going to take that new idea, the thing that's lateral to your core business. And we're going to explore the potential of that, the op- the possibilities of that. We're going to prototype it out. We're going to test it with a market or with a user base. And then we're going to turn that into a reality. If that reality gets traction, product market fit or user adoption or whatever that might be, then we're really going to help to maybe create a team that would replace us that's going to sustain mm-hmm. it for a long time
1: mm-hmm. now.
0: As we've grown, we've realized, ooh, well, we could actually create that team as well that could sustain it for a long time and be a more long-term partner. Mm-hmm. But we had to recognize that's, that's what our proclivities were. That's what we were, we, were, we were structured to do well or what we were missing. And so when companies start looking at this, I think it becomes interesting because you might say, man, I've got this team of people that can, you know, you throw them an innovation project mm-hmm. and in three weeks, they just create this like really amazing thing. But then it dies three months later, and we don't know why.
1: Mm, mm-hmm.
0: Maybe, maybe there's a gap there. Uh, right. You need, you need a team that's that's ready and willing to to stay with something for a long time after that that launch team, right? Or vice versa. We're trying to ask our launch and sustainment team to go invent something new.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Huh? Why yeah. is it they know how to write code? They know how to design screens. Why can't they build this new thing? Right. It's a different, it's a different way of thinking. It's a different approach. Um, Yeah.
1: And so, yeah, the game changer index, you mentioned strength finders and there's a number of tools, but that all hints at the idea of like, you've got to invest time. You've got to invest time into your people. Um, again, if they are to have the ability to explore, to, um, break down those silos, to collaborate well with individuals, they have to be, they have to have an understanding of their role so that then they can determine how can I grow to make a contribution, um, to the, to the greater whole, the greater company. Um, and again, that's the leader's, uh, responsibility to invest. And then, you know, the last thing, uh, at least that I can think of, if I could give any leader some advice is you need to give your your teams, your people, the permission to explore and the permission to knock down a wall. Mm -hmm. Um, I think individuals will come into an organization, uh, new, or maybe they've been there a while, but they just haven't really, there hasn't been a level of communication to them to truly understand how, what's the field of play, what, and what's out of bounds. Um, You know, Obviously, I know my job description, I have my work, but am I able to commit myself to a project that may be tangential to what I'm working on because I see a way to move it forward? Can I go collaborate? Can I move into that area, um, breaking down a silo or am I not able to? And so we've talked about that a lot. Uh, We've, uh, again, whether it's with clients or whatnot is what level of permission here is available to the individuals on your team? and do they know that you know there's the felt permission that's key, that's key. and what's sad is when someone feels like oh, i don't have permission here but the organization itself actually like wants them to yeah they just never had one it they never didn't got ask communicated and yeah. never got communicated
0: yeah well i mean i us. i think i've told this story before but i was giving a talk to a small group that was it was in a large corporation and what 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 was funny is exactly what you said, which is the, you know, the corporation just like beats the drum of agile and collaboration and creativity and everything else. And I said, sweet, when was the last time a designer sat next to a developer and just jammed? They're like, Oh, well, well, we're not really, we're not allowed to talk to each other. We don't have the permission to scoot those chairs close together Mm. again, Mm -hmm. either physically or, or, or digitally. And, um, and there was this like, aha of like, Oh, the, you know, the leadership kind of is like, oh, I didn't even think that we needed to give you permission.
1: Or hmm.
0: why do you think that you don't have permission?
1: Mm-hmm. Or
0: you know that that word permission. I was talking. We were was, I'm a, on this board recently, and we were interviewing someone for a position. Or we I, we were kind of advising. We weren't interviewing a person. We were on advising on this person that was being considered for a new role. And I and we you know everybody kind of exhausted their question. I said, if you gave yourself permission to dream what would you, where would you want to go? Hmm. Rather than where do you want to be in the next five years in your career? It's like mm-hmm. if you gave yourself permission to dream.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: that word permission just is like, it's such an inviting idea mm-hmm. because then it opens up like, oh, I didn't think I had the permission to dream.
1: Mm-hmm. I didn't, like
0: you said, I didn't think I had the permission to go break down that wall. I, don't, I didn't think I had the permission to even ask. Mm-hmm. Right? <clears throat> and I think that when we start talking about silos and walls being created between teams and roles and people most people say well i i assumed that's that that naughty word but Mm -hmm. i I assumed i was supposed to stay in my lane Mm
1: -hmm.
0: i assumed i was supposed to sit here stay quiet and get my work done i i assumed that i didn't have the permission to, to challenge that idea or that perspective i assumed that if I went down that road, I get my hand slapped, you know, and, and would be asked to get back in my place. And, and then the next thing we know, we're like, why aren't my teams being effective? Why aren't we right. getting the results we want?
1: Yeah. I think that's a really good catchphrase for leaders. To remember, based on what you're saying, there is permission through invitation. Like you need to invite individuals in could you just tell them to do it sure but there's something about being invited in yeah yeah it's like i'm going to invite you into this new project i'm going to invite you into this really strategic objective that we would love your work your help on and we give you permission and so permission through invitation can be really powerful
0: and even more so in a hybrid world right because absolutely because that that it's not organically felt that someone's you know looking across the room and you make eye contact and you go hey yeah yeah come here Let's. Mm-hmm. I, I want. I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to get your take on something. Instead, it's we have to send the Slack message. We have to, you know, shoot the Loom video and put it out on the the the, the company workboard or whatever. We have to do the extra work to make sure that invitation is like as clear as our purpose and our values.
1: Mm-hmm. You know. Wow, well, yeah.
0: this is a uh, this is hard work. I want to. I want to name it's that very real quick. hard.
1: Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. We talk about, it's like, Oh, try these recommendations. And it's, yeah, it's, it's one step at a time year by It's a multi-year <laughs> uh, process multi-year for process. sure.
0: And, and understand that it's going to be just like a workout, just like a, a new routine, just like a new habit. It's going to be uncomfortable before it becomes impactful. Oh. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people will be like, why are you doing this? Why are, are you talking like that? Why are, why are we bringing this person into you know, ask us questions that we don't want to answer because we got code to write and screens to design, but instead look at the long game, you know, and, um, and I think that if we can start breaking down these silos, we'll start seeing companies ready for anything that's coming because yeah, something else is coming. It's right. you kind know, of another pandemic or another recession or whatever, something else is coming. Um, and I think then unless people are ready for this, they're this way of thinking, they're not going to be able to survive it. Hmm.
1: Yep, it's a good word.
0: Dan, always a pleasure.
1: Likewise. Let's do it again sometime. I'd like to. All right. Maybe we'll have coffee too.
0: Well, it'll be a good time. It'll be a good time. Okay. <laughs> Bye, dude.
1: See ya. This episode of People of Product was produced by Larissa McCarty with support from Julie Branson and Steph Inger. Our hosts are George Brooks and Daniel Linhart. Maple of Product is brought to you by Crema, a digital product agency. We believe that creativity, technology, and culture can help individuals and organizations thrive. Learn more at crema.us.